0: Alright, and welcome back to Uncommonly Good with me, Alan Ladd, and Mike Reed. This is our 12th episode so far, and our main topic that we're going to do today is going to be mental toughness and just how mental toughness seems to be. It's one of those deals, you know, Coach Reed, you get into a situation, you don't realize how important it is till you go, ooh, I need that but we haven't maybe developed it.
1: Well, I think a lot of people talk about your you know mental toughness in your businesses and mental toughness in coaching and just, you know, people throw the word adversity out there and a lot of people want to talk about culture and how to enforce mental toughness, but a lot of them don't actually want to enforce it. Right. Uh, they, they they'll talk about it, they want to do it, and I think the guest that we have on today has will really explain and walk through some of the the life journey that she's been through to kind of be able to talk about the maturity factor of,
0: of how to of how to grow some of that mental toughness oh yeah for sure no doubt yeah. and our our speaker that we have on is shay gracie douglas and we're my wife's gonna actually tell y'all more about her a little bit later on uh and everything but she's a great coach phenomenal person and we're really excited to get to have her on the show today mm-hmm. so for my current event for today we've got I don't know if y'all saw this, but the NCAA, so they are—they're really starting to take steps apparently to letting players make money off of some some endorsements on their name, likeness, images, and but it's in the most NCAA way possible. And so what I mean by that is they're telling you know that we're making these efforts to move towards kids getting to be paid, getting well, to make and, some money.
1: And if they don't, if they don't, and you're already starting to see a trend now, even just with with the COVID stuff people are leaving right now and going overseas the college kids are oh, sitting yeah. there saying hey we're we're going to go play right now coaches are taking off over there and say, and they're making they're six making figures yeah, yeah they're making well,
0: the uh, the number 1 high school recruit in the country actually did not de- declare to go to duke unc right. kansas any of that he's going to the nba g league program Right. and he'll get paid over 100 around $100,000 yeah it's six figures yeah i mean To just go play basketball, work out, watch film, and that's it. Yes. Don't worry about anything else. Like... 100 Gs.
1: So if Easy. NCAA doesn't find a way to kind of be able to do some of this, especially in the college, obviously it's not going to affect football and some other sports, but as much as it's going to affect college basketball and March Madness and some of this and the loss of some of those players with the one and done, right now if they keep the one and done rule, well then that's what's going to happen. Colleges aren't going to get those
0: guys. Right. Uh, I, I don't know, and are you going to talk about some? All the things that are based. Well, I'm going to talk. That. I'm going to talk a little bit about. It's not. It doesn't really get into the one and done part stuff. It just has to do with that they're taking these baby steps. And you're right. They realize they have to. But for one, it they they have not set this up to be a free market, right? Like this is not going out and saying, "Hey, I'm going to go and sell myself essentially like a pro athlete can right. and go and negotiate whatever he wants." They're going to put limitations and caps on it. Whether that's a limitation of. What a kid can make total in a year through all of this, or do it itemize that there's a cap on every single one, that way, right. and they may put a year gap on, you know, a year cap on it. Of you have to redo these, can only be one year deals. Like you can't set it up and make it a three year, four year thing, for a kid. It can, it has to be done one year at a time which probably for the kid it's probably better for one year at a time because as you get better but we you can know I mean we know maybe.
1: with all the stuff of the shoe deals from from uh those companies still trying to reach out to the people that no matter what they do the people in the business are still going to figure out a way and find a way around that but at least maybe it's still going to give these kids some of these opportunities instead of completely sneakingly do it say you know what i mean i'll do it for you know if i'm gonna get a hundred thousand dollars out of it out of a shoe deal for the year i'd rather just be up front and open with that you're getting my likeness i can take my hundred thousand dollars Versus now i'm taking a chance of getting caught people going to jail for a, well, an and, additional hundred thousand well, And it's
0: just like uh what's his um i think his last name was Wiseman. the uh the one of the top recruits who went to Memphis right. with Penny Hardaway, right. who ended up getting declared ineligible because Penny Hardaway spent ten thousand dollars to help them move, his family to move to Memphis and everything and get settled in and get a house and all of that. He paid for all of that stuff, right. and so that kid got declared ineligible. Well, he went fine. I'm out. I'm gonna go get ready for the draft. Yeah, you know. So those things are crazy. The other thing, too, I was gonna say on this that they've talked about, uh, and then we'll we'll move on to our next deal, but that uh, one of the NCAA officials says that as we're trying to go through this, and uh, legislatively, this landscape around college sports and continues to evolve, and these challenges comes up, it becomes clear that we need Congress's help in all of this. So you need the United States Congress to step in and do your job. Right. It's very weird, just NCAA, we know they drag their feet on a lot of things, and so I'm just a little bit sad that they're not going to hurry this up because I know what everyone wants out of this situation is, I want to play NCAA football again, Dag Nebit. Like, come on.
1: Well, and, and with the Congress, I think where it came back to some of that, too, is when these people were doing a lot of this illegal recruiting and the NCAA says, hey, these are our rules— the Congress is the one that really had to truly investigate it and inform Which is true. So I'm sure that they need their input of what rules are you going to sit there and help us if they get violated, be able to throw people in, in jail over yeah. versus just as an institution coming up with some rules and then saying, oh, by the way, I need you guys to help enforce Well, and I rules. would at least
0: like that of then if they're talking about to make some rules to have a little bit of teeth to them yes, on yeah. that to at least get guys yeah. in and follow it. Um, yeah, kind of almost like uh, baseball with steroids when they had to testify absolutely. in front of Congress. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, but though, Congress, this all ties in nicely with my on this day in history. So, April 29th, 1974. Um, I don't know if anyone in this room remembers that day. I do not. I do not. I wasn't, wasn't right even then. born. Just a quick age Okay, Come just making sure you knew. So, but this has to deal with President Nixon and Watergate. And so this is kind of been discovered going through learning of tapes recordings and all of that uh but not necessarily turned into a complete smoking gun but they can they can see it coming it's there well nixon makes the announcement that he is going to on this day he makes the announcement he's going to turn over 1200 pages all right of everything going on in the white house all of these transcripts and that not only will these tell everything they will above all Prove his innocence. Loved it, going down with the ship the yeah. whole way. Like I'm oh, innocent. Yeah. I'm telling you all the way till I resign. Yeah, <laughs> but that did that was on this day. So Nixon slowly sliding down that hill. My
1: dad, he he loves talking about Nixon and the Nixon days and the Kennedys and and there's just so much history during you know during those times going through. Oh it. yeah,
0: during that period of American Absolutely. early '60s through the '70s is so much stuff going on. Yes. Mm. All right. So, let's go ahead, though. Um, we're going to get into a new segment. Yeah, a new yes. segment.
1: Yeah, something that, uh,
0: that I want to talk about and add in
1: is just some new gadgets that are out there.
0: For those of you who don't know, Coach Reed is a tinkerer, and he's the best one because he knows how to make things better. And so he's doing that right here. And I, I really am really interested, though, on these gadgets just to see what you find.
1: Well, one of the things that's uh, coming out, and it's on Amazon right now, and it's by Track Buds. Okay. It is a watch like most people with, uh, wear, their Fitbit watch, their Apple watch, and it is designed so small and, and, and looks just the same. So it's going to track your time, everything that a Fitbit does and, a, and, and your Apple watch does and everything. But what it's going to do is, instead of having a separate case for your earbuds, your earbuds are going to fit in there. So, when you charge it and you charge oh. and you and you're having to keep up with your ear you know you're having to keep up with that little uh packet that kind of holds that, yeah. but the thing is the design of it and how it's done does not raise the size of of your watch very much, so it's just a little bit thicker of a smartphone and that's made by track buds and that's on amazon so i uh really suggest that people kind of get on there and just look that up if, if that's you pretty interesting. If, if you like your wireless uh wireless buds and you like your to keep your smartwatch and listen to your music and do that stuff while you work out uh, track buds is a is a new product that's coming out that has everything in one and is is really neat Uh, the next segment that we're going to get ourselves into is a um, a story with a moral meaning and this one is really going to resonate when it comes into to the power of the mind there was these two guys that were uh... In the hospital, and it was they were separated by the curtain in there. They were both very, very ill, and 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 close to their deathbeds Nurses were really working on them most of the time. And a couple days go by, and the nurses are coming in, and the the guy closest to the door, like as soon as you walk in, he's right there on the right, and he's in bed, and he's he yells across the curtain and introduces himself to the guy that's on the other side. He says, "Hey, my name's Mike, and what's your name?" He goes, "Well." My name's John. Hey, John, great to meet you. And and they just start talking and having casual conversations. Well, after a while, he, you know, Mike asks John, says, "John, what can you see?" And uh, he goes, "Well, I got a nice window over here, so it's really helping me out, and I'm feeling a lot better because I got a window over here." And he goes, "Oh, yeah. What? What? Tell me what you see." So he sits up in the bed and starts looking outside. And Mike can't see him, but... He's he's telling them everything that he sees outside. He goes, man, there's everybody's playing in the park. They're throwing frisbees. They're, you know, this this lady's uh, running her dog while she's jogging, and he's describing her as as she runs. And oh man, these people are having a picnic. And he just really starts describing a lot of the things going on. Well, the day just flies by. Mike's starting to feel a little better. Next day comes by. Hey John, can you tell me what you see today? He goes, yeah, actually today they're having a parade. And he starts talking about this parade that's going on outside this park and everything that's going on, talking about all the colors and the noises and the sounds and everything that he can kind of see over there. And Mike's just wishing he could see it. I mean, he wishes he could be by that window. Uh, He's got this curtain separating them, and he's just every day asking. Well, Mike finally starts feeling better. And after about a week and a half, he is getting to where he the nurses are feeling like he's going to get released, but he has to stay a few more days. Well, John describes uh, what's going on out in the park and walks them through that, and they wind it down for the night, and they go to bed. Nurse comes in next morning and uh, tends to Mike, says, man, you, you're probably going to be out in another day. He says, man, I, I love how you're doing, and you, you're doing better. And Mike says, oh, man, that's awesome. Hey, John, and he yells over the curtain. Well, John doesn't answer nurse comes back in a little bit and he says hey can you i've been trying to talk to john and i I, john's not talking is he okay oh mike i i hate to tell you but but john passed away last night Mm. oh my gosh you know well he just couldn't get better and just you know just just wasn't getting better and, and uh yeah he passed away and we didn't want to disturb you and everything so mike kind of mourned for the rest of the afternoon and and really felt bad and but nurse comes back in. He says, hey, nurse, do you mind if you move me over to, to where John was at? I want to I wanna be over by the window where I can look outside the window. He says, yeah, absolutely, no big deal. So they move Mike over there. They get them all set up, and they pull the curtains to the window, and Mike's excited. I mean, he's, he's feeling better. He knows he's going to get to go home, and he sits up, and he sits himself up in the, in the bed, in the hospital bed, and he looks out the window, nothing. It overlooks a, another building with a brick wall. He leans back down and he goes, nurse, nurse. Nurse comes running in and he says, did, did you move me rooms? No, Mike, we didn't move you rooms. Well, John talked to me every day for two weeks about the park and everything that's going on outside. And says, uh, Mike, uh, John had severe diabetes and lost his eyesight. He, it's what he passed away by. He, he was blind. He couldn't see. So as we talk about our our speaker and and who we have coming in today, that is the power of the mental game. That is the power that we can have with our minds to get people to do certain things. And that's why I'm really excited who Ashley brought in today. And Ashley, why don't you tell us just a little bit of of who's going to be talking about that mental aspect?
2: Oh, absolutely. Um, today, we we are bringing in Shay Gracie Douglas. Shay and I actually, I've known her for 20 years now, at least 20 years that I can remember. Um, we both are Stephenville graduates, and we played in all sports together. And so, she's somebody that not only did I get to go do high school sports with, we ended up going and, and playing volleyball at Tarleton together. And then, my second coaching job at Hamilton is when she started at Troy, And I've really got to watch her, uh, now that I'm not coaching volleyball anymore, I've really got to sit back and watch her and become a fan of her, not that I wasn't already. She brings in a lot of leadership aspects that I value. And she's somebody that I just, whenever we talked about just some podcast episode titles, mental toughness, Shay is the one person that I've watched her grow so much and develop these programs and, and just coaching against her is very hard. You gonna talk about an athlete being into the game? Watch Shay on the sidelines. Like are just y- yeah, you'll yeah. get into the game by watching her. So she's kinda she's gone through a lot. She, you know, like I said, she was a volleyball, basketball, and track stud at Stephenville. She went to Angelo State, got injured, got to come back, and we played at Tarleton together, battled some injuries, but she became one of one of those great middle blockers, a great leader. Mental toughness for her is just something that she's so determined that if you had a mental break, a mental lapse, she's going to pull you up into it. And so I'm I'm excited that Shay wanted to do this. She got the opportunity to come back and... And our hometown of Stephenville, and, and be the second coach to lead Stephenville's program after Fran retired. So, just just somebody that's really awesome, somebody that I value a lot, and and I hope you really do enjoy everything that she brings to the table today. Oh, absolutely! Today. I think I
1: think they will for sure.
2: All right, joining us today we have Shay Gracie Douglas here with us. Uh, hey, Shay, you are on live with us now. You wanna? We want to go ahead and welcome welcome you here, and thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having
0: me. Yeah, yeah so uh, just real briefly, you know, tell us about where you're from, where you grew up, uh, your family, just kind of a little backstory on you. All
3: right, well, I, um, I am a Steamville High School graduate. I graduated in 2005. Um, I then went on to uh, play vo- college volleyball at Angela State. Um Worked my tail off to be able to possibly have some playing time there. Ended up getting hurt and was sidelined for my freshman year. So, um, got a little bit of a disconnect and ended up transferring back to Tarleton. Um, Ashley and I had a high school teammate on that team as well. She was kind of my underground railroad of, hey, can you talk to Coach Schindler and see if she'll take me back since I denied (laughs) her the first time. (laughs) So... um, she said yes, and it was probably one of the best decisions that um, I ever made. Had four great years at Tarleton, met a lot of people there, um, good friends. I met my husband there. So I played there. I started out in pre-med and ended up in coaching. Right. <laughs> and I know it. I don't know what I was thinking. Well, I know what I was thinking. Mm -hmm. I couldn't let go of uh, competition. But um, so then after I graduated from Tarleton in 2010 with my master's, I went straight into the coaching realm and was kind of thrown to the wolves. I started out at Troy High School, and at that time it was a two-way And I was the head volleyball and head track coach and the assistant basketball coach. So it was a little bit of sink and swim or swim type thing, but uh, it was a lot of fun. And I actually was promoted to the girls coordinator there towards the end of my four years there. And then um, I was able to kind of bump up in the scale of schools and I went to Giddings High School which is a foray out in region three and I was there for four years the head volleyball coach and assistant track coach had a ton of success there Um, had a lot of fun I met some really great people and have a lot of close close friends from that school ton of success my uh Volleyball program, several rounds deep, every single year. We were year in, year out at the state track meet. Like, it was awesome. And then I got the phone call about the one coach that I played for was finally going to retire. And she was the only coach that Stephenville High School has ever had.
2: And I wasn't
3: looking to leave Gettings, but they called and I came and I weighed my options and they offered me the job and I was back home. And I've been home at Stephenville for, uh, I've just finished up my second year and um, head volleyball assistant track and I um, couldn't be happier um, it's been a little funky right here with quarantine but um, other than that it's great and I'm finishing up my 10th year overall mm-hmm. and then for my family my husband Josh he um, played football at Tarleton that's where we met uh, he does not do anything in the education system and he actually works out of town but then I, we have two kids I have a seven-year-old little girl, Harley, that um, loves her honeybees and thinks she knows it all, and then I have a five-year-old little boy named Scout that he will be starting kindergarten in the fall, thank you, Jesus, and um, (laughs) ready for the pay raise of no more daycare, so, but that's kind of where we're at when it comes to my home
0: life. Awesome. Well, and so... You know, family and kids, we've got our, our corny dad joke we always like to do on here, so I'll uh, I'll change it up, and I'm going to go first, and let you compose yourself, you can go after me, or you can go last, it's up to you, Coach Reed may let you go last, he likes to go last to win, but we'll see, so, um, but mine, the one that I have, so, why do melons have weddings? Why do melons have weddings?
2: I didn't know melons had one. I
0: didn't either. But go ahead. One because they cantaloupe.
2: Oh, that's oh good. <laughs> <laughs> All, right. All
0: right, Coach Reed, you want to go
1: next, or you want Shay to go? I mean, I, it's it's ladies first. So you already went, and so she's got. <laughs> she's, got, she's, got she's now got to go. That was
2: All right, Shay, so you're up.
3: Okay, why don't they play poker in the jungle?
1: How do they not
0: play poker in the jungle? I'm not, I'm not
3: sure. <laughs> Too
2: many pitas. <beaters>.
0: Uh, <laughs> I like it.
2: Can you beat it? I don't know that where you can beat
1: it. I, I think really I, I think I got this one. My my daughter told me this one last night, so Lad uh, is gonna know this one. Um how do celebrities stay cool? Oh they have they have many fans. <laughs> All right, lad. I think lad might have won. I think won. lad was good. I, yeah. I think lad might have oh. won. Sorry,
2: Shay, you lost to my husband on that one. Darn it! He's,
0: That's like, okay. on a, he's like on a three. That's streak. why it's
2: a corny no. dad joke, not a corny That's mom, the joke. mom That's joke. I know. Yeah.
0: That's my longest winning streak as a head coach right now. Three. <laughs> <laughs> I not got to play a baseball game yet this year. First. Oh man. Uh, All
2: right, this brings us our next spot we have coming up. is going to be our hot seat. We have Coach Reed getting a hot seat in here. That's, oh, great.
1: Now, don't be nervous. The wow. record is 11 right now. Um, I know by my
2: boss. I think. Yes, yes,
1: correct. you are correct. <laughs> now, um, How I don't know if this, like? I don't know if this is as hard as not. Ashley gave me these mascots, and uh, we're gonna, we're gonna start off simple. If you don't get these, then, then so we're I'm probably gonna just gonna, one. yeah, we're gonna end the show. <laughs> all right, time is yep. about to start right now. Troy. <laughs>
3: Trojanette. Yeah. Giddings. Lady Bush. Stephenville, the honeybees, the
1: Big Spring.
3: Oh, are they the steers? Granberry, pirates, Blum. Oh, I know they're neon yellow, but I don't know what they
1: are. Bobcats, Decatur, Eagles, Vernon.
3: I do not like them. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. Vernon pass. Borger. I don't even know where that's at. Next.
1: Bulldogs. <laughs> Andrews. Oh, my gosh. I don't know. They're black.
3: That's all I know. <laughs> Mustangs. Graham. Steers. Lay yeah. Springtown. Pork Gilmore. Next.
1: High, uh, it's Buckeyes. Highland Park.
2: The
1: Scots. All right, that's time's up. All right. Hey, let's...
2: you didn't do bad. I should have asked you, yeah, you colors did. of schools, like you. Yeah. Done. I know. I can tell you colors all day, every day. <laughs> that wouldn't have been bad at all. But if I don't know where they're at on the map, then we're the in ra- trouble. The Rain Man of colors.
1: Yeah. All right. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. You got seven. Hey, there
2: we go. Good job. Sorry. There we go. Not bad. You brag. That girl got seven there. <laughs> All right, so hey, one of the things you know, we're, we're kind of uh, getting into this on technology part, um, just us FaceTiming you. But I know uh, coaching-wise, it's kind of taken a different turn uh, for you to stay connected with your your team and your girls. And I know you had really high hopes for traps with high but I do know you you like to connect and you do like to make those relationships. How are you dealing with the technology to to keep you? In with the, with your teammates and your girls and, and even your coworkers
3: and all and your family, right? Yes, it's definitely been a struggle because I have I was not born with a lot of patience and I definitely do not have a lot of patience with technology. So I've had to learn to. Um, Get some, and the one thing that I have um, actually came across, and it's fairly new to me, was we have transitioned. We use Remind a lot to communicate with our kids, but felt very uh very limited with what we do. So now I use what we call the Sports SportsU app and I learned about it through THSEA, and I love it because um, it's a lot more interactive, and I post stuff all the time for the girls. I can see who reads it and who doesn't read it, oh. which is always a very nice yeah. thing to do. Yeah. yeah, so you see if you have 55 kids signed up, and that tells you 31 out of 55 viewed your post, and then you can click on it, and it gives you the exact who saw it and who hasn't viewed it. It's awesome. And you can upload like all our camp forms, physical forms, any type of paperwork that you tend to give out to your girls. And it stays in the locker room because it never gets home to your parents. Well, now your parents can upload it off of that and download it, print it or whatever. So, um, And then you can chat like remind was great, but you have like a character limitation. You don't have that with um, sports. You you're able to um, your parents can ask questions. Oh. and um you can either release it to say for instance you're coming home late and you're saying okay we're 15 minutes out call your parents you can either post it on sports you on the parent thing and they can they can see it or they can text you and say hey coach where y'all at and then you can release that answer that question to everybody and then everybody can see it so it's got a lot of it looks like facebook oh wow but that's really how we have communicated a lot through it. Um, we've been able to get a lot of, perf- uh, what is it, sports performance workouts uploaded mm-hmm. and just different things like that. So it's been very user-friendly, and um, that's something that really has helped us stay in touch.
2: Well, that's good. I know you talked earlier with me, kind of one of the, like, you do, like, a Zoom meeting, and you have, like, a uh-huh. two words, like, um, just... Right,
3: We Zoom once a week, so we'll Zoom on Friday afternoon, and I send them the two words character development thing that Coach Mackey does, and like this week, um, the word was two chairs, and it it was talking about conflict resolution, and it's divided up into, there's a section for athletes, for coaches, for captains, for parents, for families, anything, and it's a five-minute video, they answer questions, and then we go back and discuss it, and it forces us, like right now, we can't in the gym so it forces us to work on our character and development so that we can when we get in the gym we can get after it and you know hopefully use some of that stuff that we've learned in this quarantine when we're working through the hard times when we're a little rusty i like that i like
2: that all right
3: so so now
0: from here we're going to kind of get more into our our mental toughness stuff but one thing i do want to ask you that uh you actually talked about it earlier, is of what it was like for you in college transferring from San Angelo to Tarleton, because uh, a bunch of people, they don't know, I played college baseball, and then I got hurt my freshman year, and I transferred and left, and it, uh, and I didn't end up playing anymore after that, uh, but it is a different experience, so I was just kind of wondering about you to to talk about what that experience was like for you as a person.
3: Oh, my God. was stressful to say the least you know making those decisions anytime you get hurt for an athlete you know everything's taken away from you everything that you've ever worked for and given that opportunity coming to Tarleton um I mean I'm so grateful for it to begin with but I was ready to get back out there and I had to learn to prove myself and actually I had a more significant injury at Tarleton um that almost sidelined me for the rest of my career because when I fractured my back They didn't know if I was even ever going to get to. But I used that as a competition. I used that as something that wasn't going to – it was a hurdle, but it wasn't going to defeat me. And so I just actually was a good patient and listened to my doctors, unlike most other times I didn't. But um, I just learned that, you know, you have to learn to overcome adversity and find a way to find the positive in it, and it's all going to work out. And thankfully, you know, for me – I just did what I was supposed to, got after it, and never looked back, and it's been the best decisions I've ever made. Now, we're every day great, no. Right. But, uh, I mean, um, I was thankful that I was able to rebound on the positive side of it. I had great teammates, great coaches, people that believed in me, great support system. So, yeah, there was trials and tribulations, but it all worked out, and I think it's just because um, I was also a little headstrong with it, and I wasn't going to let it defeat me.
1: That's good. Perfect. Well, one of, my, one of my things that I'm really passionate about, and I, I definitely think we're starting with our topic of mental toughness, is I really kind of want to know through your early years of coaching to where you're at now, things that you tried maybe in practices to get your kids not really ready to just be mentally tough in competition but maybe mentally tough in life, and maybe some things that you tried that you might have failed with or maybe some things that you, you've now, these things work, and they've worked with different types of groups and it's been a constant.
3: I will tell you that I feel like over the first, like the last 10 years, I've grown so much in my philosophy and it has changed so much from year one to year 10, you know, coming straight out of college as a, a top athlete in the conference. Um, I expected every kid to be a college athlete when I went to my first high school job and not everybody is that. And I was hard and I was probably mean some <laughs> players that still hate me. And as I, And I was demanding, but I feel like I wasn't um, gracious about it. And as I've gotten older, A, having kids, I think, has helped me a little bit, too, Um, understanding how to nurture a little bit better. But um, I think you can still love on kids and still get them mentally tough. Because at first I thought it was just, you know, you just had to be as hardcore as you could, blah, blah, blah. Well, now my kids come in and out of my office and don't ever leave, but they know that they're always going to get the honest answer from me, and it's not always going to be in a negative tone. It's just going to be straightforward. And I feel like the more honest you are with kids and you sit down and give them a chance to talk, then they get tough. I, I don't know. It just works for us because I used to not let people come in my office. And now I'm like, yeah, come on, let's go. Let's sit and talk. So I've grown as a coach in that sense and probably a little bit of maturity. I mean, I was 22 years old when I first started. Now I'm 32 and uh, I feel like I'm getting really old. But um, I just know that as time is gone, um, i've had to be more nurturing and still i mean i still had high expectations but there's a i'm going about it a different way
1: right if that makes sense yeah absolutely if you were a if you felt like you were a ceo of a company or you you were the boss of a company what are some things that you feel like that you could take from your coaching experiences to help make your employees even mentally tough
3: you know um i always think about you know you've got to understand that you're always going to have adversity it's just you just got to accept it and you've got to learn to overcome it and you can't let it defeat you and that's one thing you just maybe you have to rework some things maybe you got to think outside the box maybe your way isn't the right way for that situation you know it's just like game planning against an opponent sometimes your strengths aren't going to match up with their weaknesses and you've got to revamp and so um, there's more than one way to skin a cat and I've learned that and I've learned to evaluate each team this year, each each team I have every year, with different strengths and different weaknesses, and we built off of that, you know? And right. so, um, I just feel like you have to be flexible. Yes, you have to have your, your standards and things like that, but it, every year is different, you know? Your turnover is different. You graduate different, and you have to be flexible to, you know, amplify off of your strengths, but also... Decrease your weaknesses, or I like to call them needs improvement.
1: Yeah, with a uh, with a group that you've had in in your years of experience in coaching, and you've had and you've had groups that have really been mentally tough. What is something that you've done that you feel like in a practice setting or in your in your coaching culture that that separated that mental toughness from some from some other groups, but this group really embraced it?
3: Um, I will say that my teams that don't take the little things for granted are the teams that tend to do better in are mentally tougher. We could do a very simple, basic skill drill, just passing a ball and they've got to do 15 in a row as a team in nine different angles, you know, or they start all the way over. And that's a super simple drill. It's an easy drill that a junior high program can do and accomplish, but it's the mental aspect of it. It's not always a physical thing. And, um, You know, sometimes you have that kid that their passing is not their best skill, and if they become that 15th ball, sometimes they freeze and sometimes they screw up, you know, but they eventually get through it, and then you can see the light bulb turn on, and you're like, okay, hey now now you gotta trust your training you can do it and so it's things like that Now we do have the physical side of things where i will push them and they think they can't do it and i will push them and push them and not let up and then they get done with it and they big smiles on their face you know but they also learn to trust me they learn to trust me that i'm going to put them in the best possible position physically and mentally and i try to do that in practice with the situations you know and um Certain kids handle things differently, you know. And so I think for a prime example, my group this year, we're in the bi-district round in the third set. We're up 2-0 against Bridgeport. We're down 15-24 and come back and win 27-25 oh, wow. to win the match. And it was the craziest thing I've ever been part of. It couldn't have been the be- I mean most perfect server ever. Per- rotation one, great. We're right where we wanted to be. But any one little mistake, you know, could have completely pushed us into a fourth set. And my team just was calm the whole entire time. Like, I was going crazy on the sidelines. I was so nervous. And they were just so calm and confident. And I think it's just how we train them you know and it translated over it was nuts i've never been a part of something so
1: crazy i like that that's good yeah.
2: all right as we kind of get into the end of this one uh one of the last things we talk about um is a quote like what what do you have that kind of inspires you or that has inspired you um that you kind of i know live by or just really take in and share and 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 deal with every day as that quote that would be your favorite part
3: Um, I would say, I mean, it's super simple, but it's, uh, Carrie Walsh Jennings said it, and it's just breathe, believe, and battle. You know, I always tell my kids, like, take a deep breath, enjoy the moment, and then battle. Go get after it. Be a competitor, or believe. I said believe, and I translate that into trust. um, Trust your training. Trust me that I'm going to put you in the best possible position to be as as successful as possible, and then go battle. I always preach to them in the gym, I will take an aggressive mistake over a scared mistake anytime, and I don't care if it's the last set of the match, I want you swinging, and I want you being smart, and I want you being aggressive. We're going to go down being aggressive, we're not going to be going down being timid. And um, so that's kind of the three things that we talk a little bit about, is breathe, believe, and battle. And it's simple, short and sweet to the point, but that's just kind of how I Damn, like
2: yeah. I don't those, get those are the best though, like when it just yeah. you don't need a whole paragraph to try to make right. just a little point on there. But. Okay. Sorry.
0: Yeah. So Chai, we just want to really thank you for being on here with us. We really appreciate this. This has been a great episode for us. Loved it. Over mental toughness and as always it's been real and it's been fun, but it ain't been real fun. We'll see all y'all later. Thank you.